is episode 39, The Power of the Pre-Launch Page, plus 2016 Marketing Insights by Mike Koenigs. Hello and welcome to the Online Course Coaching Podcast, where we deep dive into all aspects of online course creation, from concept to marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Tim Cooper, and it's a pleasure to have you with me today. Hello and welcome. I'm Tim Cooper, and I coach experts in all fields who want to expand their reach, share their knowledge, message, and passion, and inspire people to live more fulfilling lives. For over 30 years, I have taught in the workplace, workshops, in the classroom, and online. And if you have a message burning inside you that needs to get out into the world, contact me today. In this episode, we're going to cover a couple of topics. I'm going to talk about some of the key points that came out of a coaching call I just had this morning, just before I came on to record this episode. Also going to talk about the power of the pre-launch page. I just received an email from another friend of mine who took me up on a coaching call, one of those free coaching calls, and he's been sharing his journey with me ever since. And he came up with a very, very interesting point. So I want to share that with you. And also yesterday I was listening to a webcast by Mike Koenigs and it went for about two and a half hours. But as part of that webcast, he brought up some very, very interesting and pertinent information when it comes to online course creation and the future of online courses, especially in 2016. So make sure you stick around to the end because it was really, really interesting and powerful information that is going to really set you up for 2016. Now, talking about 2016, new beginnings and setting ourselves up with a healthy residual income. Next week, I'm going to be introducing you to one of my coaching clients. His name is Scott Beebe. And Scott has agreed or even actually requested that his journey be shared on this podcast. So you will be joining Scott as I coach him through the steps required to get his courses completed and published and marketed, basically. So it's going to be a step-by-step journey, and you're going to basically learn as Scott learns. And I really admire Scott for, for putting it on the line and making this public, because it's going to be not only is it going to be accountability with me as his coach, but it's also going to be accountability with you because you will also hear the action steps that are laid out and the workload that Scott has to do over and above his nine to five job. So stay tuned for that too. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a great learning experience for everybody because as we know, the best learning is when you join somebody on their journey, when you join somebody as they're going through the learning process themselves. And before I go too much further, I just want to talk about a trap for young players. Oh my goodness. My podcast feed died. It was down for about a week. I could not work out what was going on. The feed validated, so it came up saying, yes, this is a valid feed, but no episodes were showing in iTunes, or no episodes were showing anywhere and so therefore nobody could listen to any episodes of the podcast unless of course they went to my website. So I finally sent an email off to Blueberry because I use the Blueberry PowerPress plugin on my WordPress site and told them what was going on, sent them the information. 
And they just basically said, well, there seems to be a conflict with another one of your plugins. Just start to disable plugins and see what happens. Now, the only plugin that I had installed prior to the feed going down was Wishlist Member, that membership site plugin. So I disabled that and then voila, all my episodes reappeared again. So I got back to Blueberry and I said, well, this is what happened, but obviously there must be other people who use Wishlist Member. Now, you've got to be able to be able to use both. And, and there is, there is a workaround. You actually got to put a piece of code into the WP config file and that forces Blueberry PowerPress to reinsert the episodes after Wishlist Member has stripped them out because Wishlist Member thinks that all the content is for members only. And so WordPress creates the feed, Wishlist strips out all the episodes and then nothing goes across. So trap to young players. If you're going to use Blueberry PowerPress on WordPress with Wishlist Member, it can be done, but you have got to make this change to one of these files. Just putting it out there because I'd hate to see your podcast disappear like mine did because it was down for at least a week. Now, if you're on the path to creating an online course, regardless of where you are in the process, whether you are just trying to work out what you want to create, whether you are in the process of creating your content, getting it approved through Udemy or getting it up onto a site or marketing, if you're at any stage and you get stuck, please go to my website at ecoursedomination.com and go to that big orange box saying one to one coaching and put your name down for a free, no strings attached, 20-minute consult. In this 20-minute chat, we'll just talk about where you're at, what the problem is, and what you need to get over it. There's no obligation. There are no strings attached. I'm not going to try to sell you a thing. This is purely a leg up just to get you over that hurdle. So just go to ecoursedomination.com. Go to find the one-to-one coaching box. Now, that could be on the right-hand side if you're on a PC. On a mobile, you'll probably have to scroll down to the bottom of the screen. It could take a couple of seconds to load, but it will load. Put your name in there. Select the time and day that you want the call for. Give me your Skype address and we'll get on a Skype call, get that sorted out. It does help. I've helped a lot of people continue on their way just by these short calls. Now, I say it at the beginning of every show, I really want to be presenting information that is useful to you. So if you've got a question, if there's something you want to know more about, please email me at asktim at ecoursedomination.com. That's asktim at ecoursedomination.com, and I'll do my best to answer that question for you. Now, if there's somebody that you want me to interview, or if you believe that you have something to share with the audience, once again, shoot me an email and we'll get that organized. I've honestly just got off a call from Evan who took me up on that offer for a complimentary coaching session and we had a great chat. But one of the things that really sort of struck me was the point when it came down to using keywords in your marketing or in any part of your course. So using keywords as part of your course title, using keywords in your course description. And if you are uploading your course onto YouTube, once again, incorporating keywords into the title of your video and into the description of your video. And as I said, Devin, when you're putting a video up onto YouTube, you should also take the time to transcribe it. So you go to the closed captions area and you set up a new closed caption file and you type out verbatim what you've said into that file. And that gives Google 
something to index off because obviously Google can't work out what's in the video just by posting the video. It needs to know what the video contains. So uh, attaching a closed caption file to the video and also then putting some keyword rich information into the description is going to help get that ranked. And this is the way that we get organic traffic through. So if we want to come up on the search engines and we want to come up high on the search engines, we have got to be using words and phrases that people are actually searching for. Now, as I said to Evan, when we're producing stuff, we just sort of tend to make the assumption that people are on our wavelength, that they're talking the way that we talk and they're using the terms and phrases that we use. And that isn't always the case. And in fact, it's very rarely the case. And if you want to rank for search engine optimization, you have got to start to put yourself in your prospective students' shoes and start to use the words, the phrases, and the terms that your students would be using to find you. What would they type into Google or Bing or whatever search engine it is, but what would they type in to find a solution to their problem? Those are the words that you need to use in your titles and in your descriptions. You've got to tune in to your student, become your student. Sometimes the best ways to find out what the best keywords to use is to ask. Ask your friends and family, or sometimes I've done this myself on Facebook, I've just typed in, if you were looking for XYZ, what would you type into Google? And this way you're finding out what other people are typing in to find the solution to their issues, to find the information that they want. And sometimes you'll be absolutely amazed at what people type in. You go, what, really? You, what, you actually type that? And then you start to do some research into those terms and phrases and you actually find that they're quite popular. So make sure that you do ask other people what they would search for, what terms and phrases and words they would use. You've got to step out of your own shoes because otherwise you're only going to be talking to the people who are basically on the same wavelength as you. And the problem too is that when you're a topic expert, you're going to be using more technical terms. So when you are describing something, you're probably going to be describing things in more technical language rather than everyday English. And once again, that's another problem. You probably want to use both. You probably want to use a mixture of technical terms and of everyday language because there could be other people out there who will be searching based on those technical terms. But don't forget the ones out there who are just typing in and asking for information based on everyday language. So as I've said, you've got to think like a marketer from the outset, even before you create your course. Do your keyword research. I said, I use keyword research right from the beginning, even to get ideas for courses. If I want to find an idea for a course, if I want to fill a niche, I'll often just do some research just to find out what are some popular searches on things that I know about. And then I can do some research into that to see whether those courses are going to be viable. But right from the outset, even before I start to design the course, even before I make up my mind what I'm going to teach, I'm thinking like a marketer. I'm thinking about the market and the words and the phrases and the terminology that people are using. And I'm going to use that in the title of my courses. I'm going to use that in the description of my courses. I'm going to use that in the content of my courses. Now, my favorite tool when I'm doing my research is Freshkey. I've spoken about that quite regularly on the show. It's a great tool, number one, because it's just a one-off fee. And it does so many, it, it looks at at Google and Bing and YouTube 
and Amazon. It searches all those big marketplaces and engines all at once. So you can get a very broad view of what is popular and what's trending and everything else. So I highly recommend FreshKey. If you don't want to spend the money, then of course there's the Google Keyword Planner and some other free stuff out there. But definitely don't underestimate the the importance of keywords. They should be part of your planning right from the outset. They are the cornerstone. They are the foundation to your organic traffic, to the free stuff, to the people that are just going to come across your courses based on their searches. Most important. Okay, on to the power of the pre-launch page. Now, this is something that I have done myself personally in the past, and it's something that when I was doing my expert interview series with the course Creating Successful Online Courses, and I was interviewing Miguel Hernandez, he mentioned how he used a pre-launch page, and we'll go into that. But just recently, I received an email from John Thompson. Now, John Thompson is also an online course creator who took advantage of the complimentary coaching call and we had a great chat and ever since then John's been keeping me in the loop and he's been sending me emails and it's always great to be part of somebody's journey and to to hear about their success also hear about all the hard work they've been putting because I can tell you what John's been putting in a lot of hours but it is great because he writes in his email to me in the last email to me that it's been paying off with good sales so that is absolutely fantastic news. But in this last email, John also said, I also had an idea you may want to share with your listeners. My blog is up to about 30,000 page views per month now. I have a catalogue of the courses I do have. I'm teaching on the Spring Framework, which has about 30 projects. Each could be a course. I took what I think are the top four, that's Spring MVC, Spring Security, Spring Data JPA and Spring Integration, and I created course pages for them as pages in WordPress, then added them to my menu. On each page, I end the page with, this course is under development, please sign up below, and I'll email you when the course is ready. The sign-up form posts the user to a MailChimp list specific to the course. I posted these pages eight hours ago, no promotion at all, just put them up and added them to my navigation menu, already I have two emails. This is powerful in so many ways. It forms part of your market research because now you are seeing whether there is any interest in the course you are planning to create. Plus, it is creating a list of prospective students for you even before you create the course. You can take this a step further and you can even involve that prospective list in the development and creation of the course. Ask them questions, survey them, ask them what their biggest challenges are when it comes to doing XYZ and then incorporate that into the course. So now they're getting their feedback answered in the course, they're going to be more likely to purchase the course from you when it's ready. So it's a fantastic marketing tool. It's a fantastic way to test the temperature, test the waters to make sure that there is interest or not. Because then obviously you're going to look now, John's put up four pages He's obviously going to start development on the course that is showing the most interest first. No doubt he'll do the courses on all four, but he's going to start with the one that is showing the most interest first. Now, as I said, when I was interviewing Miguel Hernandez in the creation of the Creating a Successful Online Course Expert Interview Series course, 
McGill also brought up the fact that he did a pre-launch page, but he took it one step further and actually had them sort of enrolling and paying a discounted fee. I don't know how much he had them paying. I don't know whether it was 25 bucks or whatever he had them paying, but he actually had these people committing financially to a course which had not been written. And this then takes it to the next step and saying, now you can get your course funded as you develop it. And you've already got a list of students ready to go. And it forces you, it stops that procrastination, it stops that paralysis of analysis, and it forces you to get the job done because now you've got people who have invested and now they want a product. So that's another great way to to fund your development, find out whether it's a viable option, and get some motivation to get the job done as well. And this is also something that I did a while back. I I put up a a pre-launch page to check the viability of the project and it wasn't it wasn't too bad and it's still something that I'm going to do but I'm just going to take a different approach to it but it's a great way to get some market intel to get some idea of whether the course is going to be popular or not it's a strategy they talk about on the million dollar instructor course that was put out by Teachable formerly Fedora and there's there's many other strategies that you can use as well to actually have your course funded as you're developing it, there's there's other sites that you can go and put down information about what you plan to make, and then you'll get people to uh, to to invest in your idea. But we're not going to go into that in this podcast. But the power of the pre-launch page is a great market research tool. It's a great way to put your idea out there, get some feedback, get some interest, and if you want get some funds. If you join the pre-launch, you will get this course at a greatly reduced price. It's only going to, like the course is going to sell for $497. You're going to get it today for $47 locked in for life. You know, do this sort of stuff, but then once again, you're going to get people committing financially, funding you, and you're going to build that list. You're not going to be starting from scratch when it comes to selling your course. So thanks, John. Thanks for for sharing that. It's a fantastic idea. It's a very valuable idea, and I really recommend it as a marketing strategy. Okay, now, as I said yesterday, I was listening to a webcast by Mike Koenigs, and it really, really struck me. And some of the data that he was presenting, he was presenting statistics it really, really hit me and it was just so pertinent to online course creation that this is a year that we should just really take the bull by the horns and go for it and create the content and get it out there because the industry is booming. So I'm just going to talk through a couple of slides that, that Mike presented in this webcast yesterday and explain why it is important to you as an online course creator. So the first trend or the first thing that that Mike brought up was mobile usage and that there's been an 11% growth on mobile usage. It's up to three hours per day per user on average. People using their mobile phone three hours a day on average. Now, I have also found this trend in my Facebook ads that the majority of the people who hit my ads or, or view my ads are viewing it from mobile. So you've always got to take that into consideration when you're doing your creatives and everything else that you are catering for the mobile market because they are going to be the majority. And in this graph that he showed, 51% of the total users were on mobile 
versus 42% on laptops and desktop machines. So the trend is mobile. So keep that in mind. He then went on to talk about the average percentage of time spent, what people were doing when they're on their mobiles. And 80% of the usage was combined from communication. So communication was 35.5%, social was 18.5%, and personalization was 17%. Another interesting thing was the responses to a survey about smartphone behavior. And this, this survey dates back to 2014. But basically what it says is that 87% of people said that their smartphone never left their side day or night. 80% of people said that their smartphone was the first thing they reached for when they wake up in the morning. And 78% said that they spend more than two hours every day on their smartphone. So it's getting very, very clear what you should be thinking of when you're doing your online course development that 80% of the mobile usage is in communication, social, and personalization. And so you want to get into that and you want to build a community. So on top of your online course, you should have your Facebook group or some sort of social group set up for your students because community is king. Because of the increase in mobile usage too, you should also take the platform that you plan to publish your courses to into consideration and make sure that they are mobile responsive. Because if your, if your platform isn't mobile responsive, you are just going to be left behind. Now, this is something that probably should have been addressed in the last 12 months anyway. They don't even think Google even indexes non-responsive pages anymore. But this is something to bear in mind. So unless you're coming through an app, so if you're on Udemy, Udemy have the app, which is going to be quite useful. Um, but, but just, but just make sure that your site, your platform is mobile responsive so that people can view and navigate your courses easily through mobile devices. Now, the other interesting thing that came up, and this is where we're coming down to online courses, is that in a survey, they said, which three benefits would you most value from your employer? And number one, that 22% was training and development. That's top of the list. So what employees feel would be the best, most valuable benefit they get from an employer is training and development. And this comes before flexible working hours and cash bonuses and private health and pension schemes and anything else. Up the top, 22% say the most valuable thing an employer can give them is training and development. So what does that say to you as an online course creator? What opportunities does that open up? How can you take this data and apply it into your online course business? How can you provide training to businesses and corporations or to individual staff members? It's a big thing. This is what people want. It's first and foremost on their mind. Now, it should come as no secret that e-commerce is also on the rise versus going into a physical brick-and-mortar shop. And the e-commerce side of retail has grown by 9%. And that's, once again, this, this goes back on a graph from 1998 to 2014. But it's definitely on a very, very steep rise. Now, brick-and-mortar businesses still have the lion's share at 85% but their growth rate is only 2.5%, whereas digital products come in at 15%, but they have a growth rate or growth forecast of 
So yes, brick and mortar is still winning at the moment, but the digital market has a far greater growth rate. So it is a booming industry. Now, when it comes to your mobile devices, we look at Android versus iPhones, iOS, and still at the moment, iOS, the, no, the iPhone is more profitable. That the percentage of online sales between Android and, and iPhone, Android only have 4.87% of the market, whereas the iPhone has 14.3%. And in fact, iOS outpaced Android in most of the key metrics except for average page views per session. So you could say that it's going to be more profitable for you to develop for iOS than Android at the moment. So in his summary, he said that in-store traffic dropped by 5.6% Black Friday due to online shopping, and the US spends more time using mobile devices each day than watching TV, and this makes mobile the primary screen used for entertainment. Time on mobile devices grew 9.3% from 2 hours and 42 minutes to 2 hours and 57 minutes in the last nine months. So once again, you've got to be thinking mobile. Now, what Mike also spoke about was Apple TV. And if you can get your courses, because you can sell on Apple TV, you can, you can sell a product up to $9,999. And it's just a one-click buy, a one, a one-click purchase. Now, imagine getting your course onto one of these channels on Apple TV, getting it out in front of people as they're watching, because as we're saying that, because the trend these days is to use these boxes like Apple TV or Netflix, or whatever else, but to be able to put your course in front of people. And we know that the Apple community buy very readily because that is in that other slide where it said that the the conversion rate and the percentage of sales is actually very high in the Apple community. So you put your course in front of them, a one-click buy, and just think about how that is going to affect your business. So just just have just bear these things in mind moving forward. You may be able to implement it, you may not, but it's good that you know. So for 2016, they say it's all about mobile for the foreseeable future, and you've got to develop a yen mindset, and that's you everywhere now. Now, if you go onto Amazon and you search for Mike Koenigs, you can find his books. He's got a number of great books, and you can actually find the book on you everywhere now. I'd highly recommend that you look at his material. He's been around for a long time. He's very, very successful. Training and education content is king. It's, it's dollars. It's happening. It's booming. And you've got to pay attention to who is profitable. And community is king. That mobile engagement, as we said earlier on. So when you have your courses, make sure you also have your community that people can join and be part of. Now, the other thing that Mike brought up was a slide, and it says, how can you be most useful for others? And this is based on material by Derek Sinek. And Mike Koenig said that this had the biggest impact on the way that he looked at marketing for 2015. And it's four things. How can you be most useful to others? Number one, get famous. So write a book, have a podcast, write a course, but get yourself famous. And get rich. See, you are going to be more helpful to other people if you have money. If you're just doing things to help people and you're stuck in martyrdom, then you are very restricted in what you can do. Whereas if you have some financial backing, 
you can do a lot more for a lot more people. You also have to have strong opinions. Don't worry about being politically correct. Have strong opinions. Stick by your convictions. Now, you are going to offend some people, but you're also going to make it very clear where you stand. So you you are going to attract the right people to you. So you're going to repel and attract by having strong opinions. But standing strong is going to set you apart because you're showing no fear. You're not going to be part of the majority. You are going to be standing by your convictions and you are going to be expressing what you think. And make no apologies for what you think. Make no apologies for what you express. Be an individual. Speak your mind. Share your opinions. And the last one is be expensive, which is sort of counterintuitive, isn't it? Be expensive. But once again, when you are expensive, you are going to attract the right people to you. So this is once again where I've been having this bit of a a tussle with the Udemy setup because I've got an issue with the constant discounting that Udemy puts out there. So you can have a really good quality course. Now it can be worth every cent of $300 and then they put it on discount for $10. Yes, and you can choose not to be part of that promotion, but then when you're not part of the promotion, then you are not part of their marketing dollars. You're not part of their marketing engine. And so you're going to miss out there. So when you are expensive, you are saying to people, I have got a valuable proposition for you. I've got a valuable product. And as I was just saying to Evan in the coaching call that we had earlier on this morning, I just spent $2,000 on a product by Evan Pagan. And I'm taking it very seriously. I'm going through, I'm doing the work, and I'm laying things out, and I'm following that blueprint step by step by step. Because I've got so much skin in the game. I've invested $2,000 US on this course. Do you think I'm just going to go through and go, oh yeah, that was nice? No. I'm going through, doing all the action steps. I'm taking action. I am implementing. Now, if I spent $10 on that course, who knows? Who knows how seriously I would have taken it? Okay? Be expensive. People will pay premium prices for good content. And once again, when you charge a premium price, you can give more of yourself. You know, if you put out a course and you get a thousand odd people enroll at $10, okay, you've made $10,000. But how are you going to give them more of yourself? For that price, are you going to get on and say, do six live coaching calls? And then because you've got so many students in there, you're going to have to be paying GoToWebinar so much money to get so many people onto your coaching call. Are you going to go to that that much trouble when somebody spent $10 to get your course? Now, if somebody spends $500 or $1,000 or $2,000 to get your course, how much more can you do for them? And even if you only put 200 people or 300 people into your course, now you're in a financial situation. This is the, this is where we come back to saying getting rich. Now you are in a financial situation to set up webinars, to do live coaching calls, give more of yourself because that person has committed to you and you have now got that financial backing and you have now got that financial reward. So don't be put off charging 
what you honestly believe your product is worth. And if it's expensive, if it's $2,000, $5,000, $10,000, don't be put off. Because as Derek Sinek says, most people are so worried about looking good that they never do anything great. Most people are so worried about doing something great that they never do anything at all. If you really want to be successful, to be an entrepreneur or an edupreneur, that if you really want to make a change, then you have got to put yourself in a position where you can help more people. And that is through charging what you're worth and producing high quality content. Okay, so I hope you found today's episode useful. We did cover a few things, and these are all very important things. These are all important aspects of creating successful online courses and obviously then going on to the marketing and the support side of things. Now, as always, the show notes for this episode will be found at ecoursedomination.com forward slash 39. That's numbers three and nine. And you can always contact me at asktim at ecoursedomination.com. If you enjoy this podcast, you found it useful, please, I'd really appreciate it if you could pop across to iTunes and leave me an honest rating and review because your ratings and reviews do help the show rank and the more people who can find the show, the more people I can help. So you're really helping other people as well, which is a good thing. Now, if you leave me a five-star review, please send me an email at asktim at ecoursedomination.com letting me know that you left me a five-star review and what country you're from. And I'll give you a shout out on the show. Once again, don't forget that that complimentary 20-minute coaching call is available. All you have to do is just go to ecoursedomination.com, go to the one-to-one coaching box, the big orange box, and put information in and select the time. It has helped many people, and I'm sure I can help you as well. And lastly, I'd like to thank you for taking the time listening to this episode. We live in a very busy world. There is so much fighting for our attention. We are bombarded with information. We've got so many choices. And so for you taking the time to listen to this episode, I really do appreciate you. And I really do hope that the information that we present is of use to you, that you're going to go out and you're going to take action. You're going to do these things and you're going to be successful. And until next time, take care. Take care.